This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Fix Your Finances is brought to you by AIA. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, you're with Lee Tree Lin and Shamila Ganesan. This is the second episode of Fix Your Finances, an eight-week personal finance journey. Tonight, what is your money personality and how does it shape your decisions? We'll be covering all this and more with our guest, financial planner Idham Idris from Wealth Vantage Advisory. So tell us, how would you describe your money personality? Spender or saver? What's the number one thing you wish you were better at with money? Let us know. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Tweet us at BFM Radio and send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U Mobile number zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. This is Inside Story. It is 6.09 and welcome everybody to the second episode of Fix Your Finances, uh, which is going to run for eight weeks total. Now, if you missed our first episode, it was all about getting a handle on your finances and balancing your budget sheet. We did that with our guest who is in the studio again with us, uh, Idam Idris, uh, Director of Corporate Treasury Investment Services for Wealth Vantage Advisory. Idam, thank you for dropping by again. Thank you for having me again. So uh, tonight, Idam is here because we are going to be focusing on money personality types. Uh, we do actually have a quiz, by the way, on our Instagram story and highlights that you can check out. You can just look up at BFM Radio, where you'll find out if you're a money hoarder, money spender, a money monk, or a money avoider. Um, full disclosure, Shamila, you are? <sighs> I've just found this out. I'm a money avoider, apparently. I was kind of surprised. I see. Um, I'm a money hoarder, uh, <laughs> although just by a hair, I could have been a number of other things. Idam, do you know? A what? Money For yourself? Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, I wish I was a money master. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody wants I know, to be that. There's a reason that's not an option, I think. <laughs> well, anyways, um, let us know, how would you describe your money personality? When you think about the ways in which you manage money, you know, are you a spender? Are you a saver? Do you just prefer not to think about it? We want to know. We've shared please share with us as well. Um, but also, when you look at your money habits, what is the number one thing you wish you could be better at? Send it through. Maybe we can help with that. That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So, Idam, I think it's worth asking, right? Um, to start off with, how useful are personality types when thinking about personal finances and you know, consequentially, our decisions? Uh, when you s start to learn how to manage money, you do have certain inclinations or tendencies in how you do manage that money. So by understanding or having an awareness, uh, you can perhaps uh, cover for some of the uh, wrong ways of, of, of doing it, for example, like uh, a money avoider, somebody who doesn't want to uh, look at their bills, for example, right? Or maybe put off certain money decisions uh, has an effect in the future. A money hoarder, somebody who saves 
uh, or somebody who collects money, right, might miss out on certain opportunities, yeah, investing uh, for the future, for example. So by being aware, at least you can uh, recognize when those tendencies happen or, or, or when you're making those kind of money decisions that you can say, oh, you know, I am uh, sort of like defaulting <laughs> to my money personality. Is this good or is this bad? Uh, they are there. They have their own strengths and weaknesses, of course. But uh, I, uh, in the end, you know, how does it help you to manage your money? Are you doing it well? I think that's the most important thing. So in your work, do you usually notice these clear personality types emerging? And how might that shape the way you deal with your clients? So, um, when we do meet our clients, uh, we do notice certain tendencies, right? Um, for example, in terms of how they accumulate their assets or in terms of how they spend their money, their expenses. Or perhaps even when we're doing like what we call the uh, fact-finding, you know, that's usually during the first one or two meetings. And then we start to ask questions and then they don't know anything about their financial situation, right? And then, then, then at, at that point in time, you know, it's sort of helpful to help have that as a guideline so that we can, uh, we know how to communicate uh, better. You know, perhaps somebody who is like a money avoider, you tend to want to educate more uh, versus somebody who is, let's say, a spender, right, who, who, who spends impulsively. And perhaps they need more guidance in terms of how to do budgeting and cash flow. So I think it does really help uh, knowing some of these, I would say, inclinations or tendencies. So if we were to break it down then, we've mentioned a couple of terms. Uh, what are the main money personality types that, that you've seen or that you tend to see? Okay. Uh, so basically, I think there's about uh, four main ones, right? So you have the money hoarders or money savers. That's one. You have money spenders, money avoiders or deniers. <laughs> then there's a very interesting one called a money monk, right? So these are the four different personalities, uh, I would say, uh, Money personalities. Now, do, do you want me to break it down? Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So money hoarders or savers are somebody who likes to just hold on to money, right? So to the point that it can have an effect in terms of how they spend money. Uh, uh, you might recognize some people where they call these people frugal or they might call them stingy, for example, <laughs> right? Uh, they tend to be very conservative in terms of how they save their money uh, to the point of, like I said before, that it, it might have an effect in terms of how they uh, make money decisions in terms of investments, right? Too, too conservative or maybe fearful in terms of making these uh, decisions that involves risk, for example. So that's one, that's money hoarder. A uh, money spender is someone, I, 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 I know we know it, uh, <laughs> this person, right? <laughs> this is the, 
the impulsive shopper, the maybe the life of the party, really have no, uh, you know, they spend their money with abandon, basically, right? So, so uh, money spenders um, basically live uh, in the moment. Um, they uh, and because of that, and the way that they spend, maybe their net, their self worth, also is tied towards spending, right, or having. Uh, uh, things or material things, for example. So, so uh, with that said, these uh, the spenders might um, might also get in trouble <laughs> when we're talking about managing money because at the end of the day, they usually get trapped with credit card problems, uh, uh, overspending, taking out loans, uh, or making these kind of decisions that is just uh, focusing on the now, right? So that's money spender. The third one is money avoider. So money avoiders are basically somebody who just like does not want to make any decisions regarding money. So they might, you know, they might receive bills. They might receive like, uh, you know, the letter from the <laughs> the tax department, right? Uh, so all these kinds of uh, communication, they 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 really. Uh, uh, open up the the bills. They open up the emails. They don't do anything about this, and to the point that they also get in similar trouble to somebody who just like, for example, a spender, like because they might not be aware that they pay fees, late fees, to the to the credit card companies, right? Because they, uh, no, I don't want to bother with opening all these bills and all that, right? And and making these these decisions, putting off uh, uh, big decisions regarding money, because they want to avoid it, which cause um, uh, other issues in the future. And then, lastly, money monks. Now, money monks is interesting because uh, I wouldn't say that they think that money is necessarily bad, but perhaps they feel like they are above money, right? So. So basically, like somebody who might say, "Oh, we should, uh, we shouldn't, we should forego all material things, or uh, you know, donate all your money, uh, don't even spend it," and uh, to the point of uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, they get in trouble because they, uh, for example, like they, they're not spending, uh, uh, they forego uh, spending money. Right, and then they might get in trouble because when there's financial shocks, and they don't save any money, they don't make any decisions regarding money. They just say, okay, never mind. It's okay to give it away, whatever. They don't have any emergency funds because mm. maybe, for example, they're very spiritual about money. They say, you know, everything, uh, you know, I can depend on the universe to help me. For mm. example, right. So, so I think that's another part of a money monk. So there's others, but I think these are the four main ones that you know people can really identify with. So, if you want to find out whether you are a saver, spender, avoider, or monk, um, you can actually check out our Instagram um, at BFM Radio. You can do a quiz to find out your money type on our stories and our highlights. A very quick reminder also that we did in our first episode cover how important it is to have a budget or to have a basic sense of your finances. And you can still download that free budget balance sheet at bfm.my slash fixyourfinances. In the meantime, though, we want to hear from you um so how would you describe your money personality now that you've heard the breakdown 
And if you could isolate it, what is the number one thing you wish you were better at when it comes to money? You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You're listening to Fix Your Finances, brought to you by AIA. Birkins for Mama. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. You've been listening to Fix Your Finances, brought to you by AIA, supporting you in cultivating healthier financial habits. It is 6.20 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila and our guest, Idam Idris, Director of Corporate Treasury Investment Services for Wealth Vantage Advisory. This is episode two of Fix Your Finances and today we're talking money personalities. Uh, we are asking you, how would you describe your own money personality or philosophy? And if there's one thing you could be better at when it comes to money, what would that one thing be? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So we do have this from Fadzli who says, I'm Scrooge McDuck without the pool of gold coins. And um, I, if I had to guess, would say that that's a saver or a hoarder. Um, and if we talk about them, I mean, you you kind of touched on it earlier, Adam, some of the downsides. Could you expand on it? What are some of the key things that can prove problematic if you're somebody who really saves or hoards money? Mm, I for for those who are savers, I was a saver, right? So I I'm very familiar of this money personality. When I started out uh, working, I was a saver, right? And um, when you're a saver, you you're just like accumulating, right? But you're not doing anything with that. So so when you're not doing anything, I mean, you you've heard the the phrase, you know, make money work. For you, right? Mm. Uh, so, perhaps somebody who's a saver, they don't take these opportunities to maybe invest and uh, take a bit more risk in terms of uh, of uh, generating investment returns, for example. And perhaps another thing with savers is you might have anxiety or stress with regards to, you know, oh, where what's going to happen to my money, right? And maybe economic news or any sort of like uh, uh, big uh, news uh, happening in the country, you always have to think about whether or does it have an effect on my savings or all that. And um, for me, there's nothing inherently wrong with being a saver, right? Because you know you do have to save money. It's good, right? Saving money. It's just that are they uh, uh, perhaps you maybe uh, foregoing on other things right when you when you're saving so uh, perhaps like i mentioned is there a, a a way that for you to maybe participate into uh, investments or or something that maybe can give you a little bit higher return than what you're doing when i was a saver you know i was just saving in the savings account literally right so what kind of returns am i getting in the savings account we're talking like maybe 1%, something like that. So so perhaps um, uh, if you do feel that you have this kind of money personality, you know, how do you uh, take that next step into making sure that you are uh, helping your money grow and towards what objective, towards what goal that you might have? Uh, uh, it's nice to just, you know, uh, like the... 
uh, person mentioned being Scrooge McDuck, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you diving into, yeah, the, diving gold into the gold coins. Every right? saver's dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have that, right? Uh, but unfortunately, you know, we're not Scrooge McDuck. Uh, we must see whether there are better ways to make sure that our money works better for uh, for us, and seeing that you know if I if I do have that saver tendency, you know how can I move towards the the next step? You know how do I upgrade myself? So yeah. So how can a saver do that? Um, how can they think about introducing more of an element of risk potentially into their financial diet? Mm. Well, first of all, I feel like. And I feel like perhaps this question might apply with other personalities as well. It's like it's very important to first uh, recognize who you are. You know, have that self-reflection. Okay, I'm a money. <laughs> I'm a money saver. What's next? You know, why? Uh, why am I a saver? Is there a particular reason? Like, is it? Do I like education in terms of understanding the type of investments out there? Am I fearful to 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 take that next step? Why am I fearful? Maybe it comes back to again knowledge, right? Like not knowing uh, what what is safe or what is not safe, knowing what are scams, what are leg- legitimate investments. So when you do have that awareness, when you do have uh, uh, that slight education, right? It's to take that next step into perhaps. Uh, putting, uh, investing a small amount, you know, something that perhaps that is not as risky, right? And understanding your risk profile to make sure that you align with that particular investment, and then uh, having it aligned towards a specific objective. So making making it so that there's an intention towards your saving and not just accumulating, right? So. Once you start or once you are more, how to say, uh, familiar with this cycle or comfortable with this cycle, then you can make bigger and bigger decisions, right? It's, I think it's important to just, to just start and educate yourself, right? And once you do that, I'm sure that you can you know, continue to move on to the next step and make that next uh, big decision of investing. So that's with financial planning and and saving. But I think another thing that savers often have challenges with is that element of guilt when it comes to, for instance, taking a holiday or going out for a nice meal. Um, How can a person with a saver personality make themselves feel a little bit better for some of these creature comforts that are quite important for most people's mental health and well-being? Mm, You know, financial wellness is a very important aspect of, of financial planning. Right, the idea is that when you do financial planning, you actually reduce the stress of making financial decisions. You know, you have more or less peace of mind. So essentially, as a saver, it's to understand, um, you know, why aren't you spending, right? So, so it can be in the form of investments, but like you mentioned, is it can it be in the form of like spending money? So. You can put it as an element of, for example, you can budget in the budget uh, as something, for example, uh, for something for fun. You know, budgeting for fun, for example, right? So maybe like 5%. So whatever amount that is comfortable for you. So let's say you say, okay, I'm committed to spend at least 5% of my income every month for fun, 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? And 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 going out and really having fun and doing it and making sure that you you know you you it's guilt-free basically, right? Guilt guilt-free fun. <laughs> right? And once you do that, you 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 start to feel okay, yeah, this feels good. Right, this feels good. I'm comfortable. I know that you know I'm comfortable with only whatever amount, but at least it's a start. And it's not feeling out of control. Right. Yeah. You're in control. <laughs> you 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 we're creating a budget specifically for you to have fun. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to go about it. That's <laughs> so yes. Well, I'm not a saver. <laughs> so this I'm like, what? Wouldn't you plan for fun first? <laughs> Okay, so we are talking today about money personalities. Um, in the studio with us, we have Idham Idris, who is the Director of Corporate Treasury Investment Services for Wealth Vantage Advisory. And um, thus far, we are using these terms, so money saver, money spender, quite explanatory, uh, money monks, and people who kind of rise above money almost, uh, and money avoiders, people who don't like thinking about it. If you'd like to find out which one you are, we have a quiz running on our Instagram. You can find us at BFM Radio. It's on our stories, on our highlights. Um, Let us know, though, in the meantime, how do you think of your money personality or philosophy? And what is the number one thing you wish you could be better at when it comes to money? You can call us, 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. You're listening to Fix Your Finances, brought to you by AIA. Billions from me. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. You're listening to Fix Your Finances, brought to you by AIA. It is 6.39 and you're with Lynn and Sharmila, along with Idham Idris, Director of Corporate Treasury Investment Services for Wealth Vantage Advisory. This is episode two of Fix Your Finances, uh, following our first episode, which was all about getting a handle on your actual finances and balancing that budget sheet. By the by, um, if you still want to download that free budget balance sheet that we've got for you, it is at bfm.my slash fixyourfinances. Today, though, we're focusing on money personalities where I feel like I'm just sending everybody on homework tasks. But if you want to find out your money personality, um, we have a quiz running on BFM Radio on Instagram. It's on our stories, our highlights. We've got a post. So you can check that out. In the meantime, we have, of course, been asking you today, what is your money personality? What is the number one thing you'd like to fix? Call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Let's start things off for now with a voice note. I would like to share my money personality, which is when I have plenty of money, I will be like hoarder. I'm so excited to spend the money towards anything, you know. I will keep, I really want to keep the money for myself as long as I can. But... When I have less of money, I will be like spending the money that I will be buy something or anything that not necessary that time. I don't know. Uh, that's my money personality. And that was one from Setapa. Uh, one, thank you so much for that. Idham, comments. <laughs> uh, like uh, you, you don't have one dominant person. I mean, you tend to have all the different personalities, right? So as as circumstances happen it does change right for example like uh, for me uh, when i started out i was a money saver and that was when i was early in my career for the first i would say maybe three or four years right and then um i got into some financial trouble 
right? Making bad financial decisions. And then I became a money avoider. <laughs> you know, bills start coming in, you know, all these... Uh, uh, and I didn't open them, you know. I didn't read them. I was very scared to 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 go into that. Um, and then, as I you know got more educated, uh, learned more about managing money, um, and to the point where I was uh, earning a lot more. I think at the at, uh, at the time, then I become a spender. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you would think that you know, having gone through uh, uh, these uh, these uh, scenarios, you know, you become better. But then I just evolve into a spender, so start to spend money without really thinking about uh, you know the consequences. So I felt I feel like everybody has a has these tendencies everywhere. Is this that at this point in time right now, maybe in your current situation, what's happening to you right now, whatever that's happening around you uh, might cause you to behave in a certain way, in a more dominant way. So it's just a matter of recognizing that uh, and, and making the next decision. Okay, what's next? So in the case of one... Um He's talking about something that I feel like a lot of people relate to, which is when you have more money and are therefore theoretically more secure, you then don't want to spend at all. But then when you are feeling a little bit more broke, um, you suddenly find yourself wanting to spend. So I guess the question is, how do people deal with that? Because I think especially for a lot of us who are wage earners and go month to month and you know have that fluctuation, this is something many people have. Yeah, so I don't want to sound like a broken record, right? <laughs> but it, budgeting is very important. Uh, making sure that you do have something that you're saving for the future, uh, you know, spending for the now, um, and having that really clearly laid out, you know, can really help you. Because the my, my question that I wanted to ask was, how did it become like where... He, he had a lot of money, now he didn't have money. What happened there? You know, actually, that's the question, right? So, so, uh, so having that budget is actually very important. Or I wouldn't say like, um, like really plan out your budget, but you, you're, you're clear. You know what you're spending on every month. You have an idea, uh, putting, it, putting it out there. And then at the end of the day, you do know like how much do I have left? Right, whether that's going to go for savings, whether that's going to go for spending or whatever, you're very clear because there are points where some people they're just not aware <laughs> of the uh, comings and goings of the money. Right, so yeah, uh, as a start, let's have that budget. So speaking of being several money personalities at once. Uh, Tahir is saying, I'm a money hoarder, but also a spender, I think. The problem with this is I consistently buy stocks, i.e. I hoard and then I spend, and end up not having the money when I need it, say for paying bills or buying groceries. I satisfy my money spending by not buying material things, but by buying stocks instead. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> uh, actually, there's another money personality for that. Oh, yeah? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, in fact, this is called a money maverick. So they're, they're basically more or less, um, uh, I wouldn't say reckless, but they do take high-risk uh, uh, decisions. And it usually involves investments. So it can be stocks, it can be anything that is high-risk, right? They like, they want they want to feel the thrill of, of doing it. So... Um, 
the problem with this is you might just gravitate towards the next big trend, the next big thing that might not be what's good for you, right? So, so yeah, there, there is, I think that's a, uh, something that some people have. It's good that he's, he recognized that. So, so what now? Yeah. What now? <laughs> what now? Right. What What does uh, What does uh, he needs to do? So, I think perhaps the first thing is understanding. You know, why am I making that decision? Why Why is it important for me to buy that? Uh, what's What's the decision making process that involves him buying that particular investment? Is it supposed to support his financial future, a financial goal, objective that he might have? Uh, uh, how did he go about? making that decision whether that particular investment is the good one, right? So making it so that it's a more involved thought process. So at the end of the day, whether you, you know, you end up buying it or not, you really have gone through the process of, you know, uh, yes, this is good, this is nice. And rather than making an impulse uh, a decision, I do know that some people, they have this kind of what we call FOMO, Right, the fear of missing out. Maybe a friend makes a makes a big purchase, whether it's a new car, whether it's a new house, and then you say, "Oh, maybe I should get into property." You know, somebody somebody I know is buying a house. Maybe I should buy a house as well. And it goes similar to other types of investment. Mm-hmm. So, so making that decision more involved, understanding that why you're making that decision, and whether that particular investment instrument is good for you, I think that's uh, that's the important thing. So after this, we are going. To- to be talking about spenders. Before we get there, though, I did want to ask in relation to Tahir's point, because uh, this is to do with stocks and investments. But if I just pull it back and talk about the dopamine hit that can come from spending, because you mentioned impulse purchasing, and that's not unique to investments, right? Like many of us feel that you just want to buy something, <laughs> you yes. know, because that the buying of the something feels good. Um, and I, I see where you're coming from with this long thought out process and, you know, it, it's a great uh, model, but I think sometimes it's hard to beat that immediate hit of, oh, no, I, I want to feel good now, I'll buy something. Um, what suggestions do you have for people to kind of disrupt that process of, you know, just spending? Yeah, so so this is basically spending based on emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, whether it's negative emotions, so you feel bad, you spend, yeah. or you or you have you're feeling good and you spend, <laughs> <laughs> right? So because they 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 do provide some sort of like temporary hit, like you mentioned. Like so when you buy something, it feels good. So it can be something material, or it can be something like investment or stocks. I think for these kinds of sort of like impulsive or maybe like very. Um, I want to, you know, it's bad for me to say like short term thinking, but essentially like you're just, just making a decision, right? Um, is to uh, sit on it first, <laughs> right? Like if you do feel like you do want to spend, right? Oh no, should I, shouldn't I? No, sleep on it. 24 hours, give yourself that that alarm clock first, you know, and let it like ruminate, let it like uh, uh, ferment in your mind and see whether <laughs> you still want to make that decision the next day, for example. You're saying leave it in the shopping cart, don't buy it yet. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're saying. Sit on until it. the next day. Yeah. Right. No, but it's, it's actually a very good yeah. good strategy, right? So, so in fact, what you're practicing is what we call delayed gratification, right? So... Uh, when you say delayed gratification, it's something like when you want to buy something that you need versus something that you really want, right? Uh, and then seeing whether 
can I hold it off? You know, uh, is it okay? Like maybe wait for a sale. Um, you know, create more. I would say barriers or obstacles in that decision making process. You know, we always say uh, checks and balance uh, when making big decisions. So maybe just uh, go through this this step by step uh, uh, mentally. You know, coming coming through all this uh, decision. Should I? Shouldn't I? You know, why am I making this decision? Uh, it, 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 does it help me? Uh, is this the best thing for me? Who else is making this decision, uh, this uh, uh, investment that is doing well? Who is not doing well? What could happen if it doesn't do well? Right. So just going through all this, uh, 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 I would say, um, alternatives. You know, in terms of your decision. So. Uh, yeah, uh, first, I think first and foremost, just sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're listening today to Ida Idris, Director of Corporate Treasury Investment Services for Wealth Vantage Advisory. This is episode two of Fix Your Finances. Today, we're talking about money personalities and how it shapes the way you approach money. Um, if you'd like to find out what money type you are, uh, we've got a quiz up on BFM Radio on Instagram. It's on our stories, our highlights, so you can get it there. Um, we'd like to hear from you. How would you describe your money personality? What is the one thing you wish you could change about yourself when it comes to money? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You're listening to Fix Your Finances brought to you by AIA. Bias Free Media. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. You're listening to Fix Your Finances, brought to you by AIA. It is 6.51 and you're with Lynn and Sharmila. Um, we are also joined in the studio by Idam Idris from Wealth Vantage Advisory. Together, we're talking about money personalities. Again, if you want to find out which type, which money personality you are, you can check out at BFM Radio on Instagram. Now, we are getting answers though right here because we are asking you how you describe your money personality. And you can call double seven double three two nine hundred. You can voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 or tweet us at BFM Radio if you'd like to share. Now, Munif says, I'm a money Houdini. I make it disappear. No one knows how. Edward says, is there a name for someone in constant need of money? And I think, honestly, this brings us to spenders because um, we spoke about savers earlier. Uh, We haven't kind of dived deep into the world of money spenders. Idam, talk to us about this. What drives this personality and this behavior? Mm, as a start, uh, a lot of it is the, uh, tied to the values that they hold uh, to spending, right? And for what? Is it a specific item? Like uh, just now, I think we have that example where it's it could be investments or stocks. Um, is it an experience? So it's getting that hit after hit after hit of 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 uh, getting or buying that specific spe- uh, specific item. So a lot of it is tied to emotions. A lot of tie- is tied to, like again, like I mentioned, the value that they set. So um, uh, we, with spenders, uh, and, and somehow that also tr- translates to material things as well. Uh, so I think that's the, the, the main core, I would say, theme of being a spender. So what do you um, what do you do when you encounter a client who is a spender? Mm. The first thing that we usually do, and this is might sound scary, 
is that we collect all the credit card statements. Oh, that does sound good. <laughs> it's quite intimidating. <laughs> yeah, we go through all the credit card uh, spending. We go through all the um, uh, bank account statements like uh, uh, and see what did they charge on the card, what did they spend on the... Day. And then you can start to see the patterns. And then you can ask the thing questions. And I can see every morning you you, <laughs> you have a stop at this coffee place. And the coffee is like 15 ringgit. And you do it like every day. It's like 450 ringgit already. Wow. <laughs> this process is giving me anxiety just listening to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do. I yeah. mean, I mean I, 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 that's how I do it. Yeah. So, so... But then it's like, how important is it for you to have that cup of coffee? Is there a way for you to perhaps, say, get that same um, kind of hit, for example, uh, by uh, buying your own coffee machine, right? Um, uh, making your own coffee, for example, or reducing uh, uh, spending on that coffee. So that's just one example. And then there might be some impulsive things, like, for example, going out. Now, going out is actually very difficult because sometimes, you know, you go out, you go out with friends, and then you start spending a lot, and you don't know. And then somebody say, okay, buy a round of drinks for everyone. <laughs> start, somebody takes up the chance, something like that, right? So it, it does get into, uh, into that. Um, and then when you start to lay it out, then you do have that, you, you, you have that awareness, you, you start look. oh, no, maybe I shouldn't have done that, right? Or maybe I need to be aware moving forward how I do spend my money. You know, in fact, like, for example, um, even like stopping by for groceries, right? You go and buy groceries. Do you buy one thing or do you buy a lot of things, <laughs> right? Can you imagine like you go to a grocery store? It's very rare that you just pick up one thing. You'll probably get one thing and then another thing and then another thing and then suddenly... You have a full trolley, <laughs> trolley off, and then that actually affects the the whole uh, spending. So, in fact, when you when we start to separate these two, and then we start uh, these two, I mean, the estimates. Like for example, I might ask a client, like, how much do you think you spend on groceries? And they say, oh, maybe five hundred ringgit. And then when we actually go through the credit card statements, and they say, oh no, actually it's like two thousand. <laughs> so that's a big difference between your estimate versus what you actually spend. So I think being aware and you know putting it down on paper and you know breaking it down like that really gives you that real uh, scenario of oh okay this is how I'm spending, and then only then you can take the next step in terms of you know where can I reduce or where can I make it better. I've often heard people say their strategy, um, and I've often found this helpful myself, if I'm honest, is once your pay comes in, pay all your bills and your commitments, whatever loans you might have to pay off, put away some for savings, whatever your savings plan is, whatever is left, you can spend that. Is that a safe way to think about money? Um, I would say automating is very important. That that usually like removes the monthly decision-making process, right? How much should I save? You know, should I spend this or that? And in fact, to the point of, I, I know some uh, people, they have different accounts for different things. So immediately when they uh, get their uh, salary, they break it down into several different accounts and they know this account is just specifically for um, uh, my daily expenses. This is for this, this is for that, for example. And like I mentioned, that fun 
portion is also the fun fund. The fun uh, fund, yeah, yeah, that's right. The fun fund is actually an, a totally f- different account number, for example. So, so by doing so, it does help you to sort of like, uh, uh, like I, uh, automate those important things, whether it's saving investments. I mean, I know the idea a lot of people say is actually to save first before you um, start to uh, 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 budget out your, your money. Uh, it's a good way to do that. And very rare. Uh, you have left over at the end. <laughs> if you do budget properly, it's very rare you actually have uh, um, money uh, at the end. So just do that budget because when you budget properly, you shouldn't have. <laughs> you shouldn't have money uh, left over. So I think that's that's the first step. We have a free budget balance sheet. Just reminding everybody, you can get that at bfm.my slash fixyourfinances. Um, and of course, if you're wondering what all of this is heading towards, we do ha- actually have an exclusive personal finance workshop that will be happening on September 9th. So if you download the balance sheet now, start filling it out, you're going to be in good stead by the time you get there. If you're keen to join us and fix your finances, you will need a special code word to register, which we will let you know about soon. So stay tuned for more details. Details in upcoming episodes. In the meantime, keep those thoughts coming. How would you describe your money, personality, or philosophy? What is the number one thing you wish you were better at with money? Maybe Idham can help. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. You're listening to Fix Your Finances, brought to you by AIA. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. You're listening to Fix Your Finances, brought to you by AIA. It is 7.08 and you're listening to Lynn and Sharmila. And of course, our guest, Idam Idris, Director of Corporate Treasury Investment Services for Wealth Vantage Advisory. And we are in the second episode of Fix Your Finances. Uh, the first one, we talked about balancing your budget sheet. Again, if you want to download a free budget balance sheet and work on that, you know, just kind of help it. Let it help you sort things out. You can find it on bfm.my slash fixyourfinances. But today we are asking you, how would you describe your money personality? And what is the number one thing you wish you were better at with money? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So uh, just to close off on the four different types, because we have a lot of messages and I want to give them time. Um, but we have covered savers. We've covered spenders. The last two, I think, have some stuff in common. So I'm going to lump it together a bit. Tell us about money deniers and money monks in more detail. Why do some people just choose not to think too much about money? Uh, Money deniers and money monks, they tend to avoid engaging with money uh, for different reasons, right? So money deniers or money avoiders, they usually feel like overwhelmed or anxious about uh, their financial situation. It can be, it could have stemmed maybe from their childhood. Uh, Maybe uh, they live in um, very, uh, I would say, in hardship, or maybe um, growing up in poverty or or being in debt. You know, Uh, some might say like, you know, uh, uh, they might hear things like from their parents saying like, you know, we don't have money, you know, um, uh, we can't afford it or things like that. So they, they, they feel uncomfortable because they f- might feel that, that discussing about money is probably taboo. 
<laughs> right? So consequently, they ignore their financial situation, avoid checking their bank accounts, they delay paying bills. So because they're avoiding all this, they continue to, they, they allow the problems to maybe compound over time. So when you're talking about somebody like a money monk, um, they they usually perhaps um, they, they hold a negative view about uh, being rich maybe or being wealthy. And perhaps they view money as something that is uh, evil. Yeah. Or so, so mainly because perhaps having a lot of money detracts you from maybe spiritual pursuits or maybe intellectual pursuits, for example. So, uh, and and because of this, they might not pursue wealth building. They, you know, they just don't know anything about money or or just like forego. So this can leave them vulnerable to uh, financial hardship. Like for example, um, like the pandemic, right? Uh, uh, especially in, in in emergency situation, so I think that's they're more or less maybe maybe you can say they're two sides of the same coin, yeah. But I, I would say these are the two. Uh, I would say people that actually don't want to engage uh, with money, basically. So a lot of this has to do with a certain amount of discomfort when it comes to thinking about money or even talking about money, right? How can this be addressed? Hmm. The first thing is to have to to be able to talk to somebody about money. Um, so it has to be somebody that you can trust, uh, that that you can have a frank conversation about the challenges that you might have with money, uh, perhaps your beliefs towards money, and in a way, you know, uh, you know, when you go and see some a coach, for example, a life coach. They might say, you know, they might have a safe space for you to share all this. So I think it's very important because I do know that uh, these things relate, like uh, uh, meeting uh, maybe psychologists that might have an idea on on issues with finances or uh, going to therapy or something like that. Um, but having this conversation is actually very important. So, in fact, uh, especially for married couples, right, this, your spouse is very important. It's somebody that you must have this kind of frank conversations with money because at the end of the day, you do have sort of like um, a shared responsibility towards the household, right? Where they, so it can be... Uh, and somehow it starts with your incomes that you earn together, mm. right? So, so, ha- so having that initial conversation, you know, trying to understand. I mean, right now, even if I ask like this question, like... Uh, do you know your spouse money personality, right? Is she, uh, is she or he a saver, spender, and what are you? And how do you like get around communicating these issues with each other? So I think that's very important, and and you know, uh, once you start to have it out in the open and understanding, you know, why they spend or why they they behave this way towards money, then you can actually you know, make better decisions moving forward together. So um, so I would say for couples, first thing, talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have an opportunity, I'm going to plug myself and say meet a financial advisor. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so we have been asking um, everyone really, what is your money personality and what is one thing you wish you could change about how you handle money? Um, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. We do have a voice note that came in earlier from Sharon. Uh, two observations I like to make on my own spending habits, on my own money habits. One is I realise I am penny-wise and pound-foolish. Uh, try to sting on little, little things and, you know, buy only cheap items for myself and uh, always keep myself within a budget. But in the end, I think I miss out on uh, big quality, good value uh, luxury items that actually has got like resale value and things like that uh, so I always find myself like oh in the end I think I'm losing out compared to my friends especially when we go shopping overseas the other thing is I realize I stinge a lot on my own stuff but then uh, whenever my children ask me for anything Ayo, I don't think twice <laughs> I just spend so uh, yeah so that's the other characteristic any advice <laughs> Um, for me, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say advice. I'm just going to give my opinion, basically. Uh, I do feel buying quality is actually good, right? Because at the end of the day, you do tend to like maybe replace those things like very rarely. Even sometimes, you know, some things because of the quality, they can last forever. So you do tend to save out uh, in the long run. For me, that's what I practice, you know, buying quality items. So I do own less things, but I do have more quality things, right? Um, and I think in terms of spending on yourself versus your children, that's entirely fine uh, because you what, what you're saying is that you value Perhaps uh, maybe your children's happiness, maybe your children's uh, reaction towards you buying things. So as long as it's within the budget, like I said, uh, it's fine. There's no problem doing that. You know, it, the problem is like when you start to, you know, overspend or maybe like going into debt because you do want to do those things. Um, for example, I, I had um, uh, a story where. Uh, I knew of somebody who wanted, uh, whose son asked for a motorbike, right? And they said, oh, "I will be, I'll be willing to do anything for my son, because he's like the the golden boy, right?" For example, so so they they went into debt just trying to get this mm. motorbike, and mm. they can't afford it, right? So that's a problem. <laughs> but if it's money that you have, money that you have budgeted for then go ahead, you know, have fun. <laughs> that seems to be uh, part of the message of today's show. <laughs> if you can, if it's within budget, have fun. Yeah. Uh, Elin has an entirely separate question. Which category do I fall in then? If I'm very bad or slow at collecting debts, I end up cancelling whatever people have borrowed from me, especially after a long time. Most of the time, um, you know, I feel kasian or I just go, never mind lah. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Is there a specific money personality for that? It's monk. It's monkish. <laughs> Almost monkish. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, correct, correct. It might be. Yeah. Uh, so, so I would say like, um, if you do want to give out or lend money, lend money that you'll be willing to let go. Right. So my, uh, um, my way of doing it is if I want to give money, it's 
basically gifting money. So you're not actually lending. So if you don't want to lend more, <laughs> more <laughs> that one you can afford to the point of where you say, you know, I don't think I'll get this money back, right? Don't lend it out. <laughs> as easy as that. Uh, so, so yeah. So, so perhaps, yeah, I, I think it's a bit, uh, having a bit more intention into how you're doing it. Because if, you, if you're saying that you're a money monk, right? Uh, I think one of good things about money monks is that they try to spend the money with purpose, right? So you we might feel like, yeah, I'm very kasihan lah. I want to help this person, right? Go ahead, right? But make sure it's within the budget. <laughs> <laughs> that is the true message of today's show. No, actually, I, 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 I do have uh, clients that you know when when we do the the what we call the income and expenses, uh, uh, you know, tabulate everything. Right, there is actually one section where we specifically put for donations. Right, so how much do you de- uh, how much do you want to donate? And it can include like charitable donations, or it can be gifts. Uh, for friends and family, and there are people who like to give out gifts, mm. you know. And I tell them, as long as you 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 uh, this money, you, it makes you happy. You do want to do it. It's something that you always do on a regular basis to the point that people expect getting gifts <laughs> from you. Uh, as long as you're meeting all your other financial goals, then go ahead. Oh, right? I don't have a gift fund. I realize, ah. and I, I actually spend a fair amount, in it, and I'm not unhappy about it. Correct. But you're right that I don't actually think of it as a separate fund. Yes, uh, and you, when you do have this sort of like a gift fund, then you're you're very clear in terms of oh yeah, I can use this money. Then it helps you in budgeting the gifts as well. Right? That's true. So you might not be overspending on that particular gift. You might say, okay, yeah, this month I have to give to five people. <laughs> Maybe I need to budget a little bit into what do they get. Yeah, but uh, again, uh, putting that aside really helps, right? And and it just gives you a, a better way of managing. Because at the end of the day, you know, all these money personalities, the idea is that you want to become what we call a money master, right? <laughs> so the money master is the person who's very like, very conscious about spending money, knowing where they're, uh, where they're saving, knowing where the every little cent of the money goes. And we're not talking somebody who's stingy or frugal or anything like that. They're still spending money. They're still having fun. But a money master is somebody who's very good at managing their money. I think that's the message. So it's not necessarily like, you know, have a budget or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, by becoming a money master means that you're very good at managing, a master at managing your money. I think that's the message today. <laughs> we will come back for more of your thoughts. Uh, with us, of course, is Idham Idris from Wealth Vantage Advisory. Uh, this is episode two of Fix Your Finances, which, by the way, is part of a larger personal finance journey that will end with an exclusive personal finance workshop happening on September 9th. More details soon on how to register. You will need a special code word. In the meantime, keep those thoughts coming. Call us, send us a voice note or WhatsApp and tweet us. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You're listening to Fix Your Finances, brought to you by AIA. Business, football, music. BFM 89.9. You're listening to Fix Your Finances, brought to you by AIA. It's 7.22 and you are with Lynn and Sharmila along with our guest, Idam Idris, Director of Corporate Treasury Investment Services for Wealth Vantage Advisory. This is episode two of Fix Your Finances. We are talking money personalities and we have been asking you... 
what's yours? Um, and what is the one thing you wish you could change about yourself when it comes to money? Uh, that number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Okay, we're going to have to speed round this because we have a lot of messages. Let's start with Kelvin who says, I'm a saver for more than 10 years. I can't save a lot, about 50k plus minus. I tried investing, I got burned. Um, how do I make that leap or transition? Mm, I think uh, as a start is just to educate yourself, right? What are the investments that you are comfortable with? So, uh, by the, and the first thing that I always say is you must know your risk profile. You know, so you're a saver. So maybe you're a conservative investor. And and so what what kind of investments that is just a step up to what you're saving in right now um, that can give you a better return, right? So so and then start starting with a small amount and making it uh, intentional, like automating it, you know, deduct every month, doing more like a regular savings kind of thing. And then once you once you go through that process, you can see whether you know whether it's an investment that has an up and down, and how comfortable are you doing uh, experiencing that? You know, and and I think there's no pressure for you to maybe make that big decision into you know dumping all your money all at once because. There are some people that might turn out savers for a long time, 10, 15 years, and then they suddenly feel FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Everybody's investing. I'm not investing. Maybe I should invest. And then they invest all their money. <laughs> and then they invest into something that turns out to be a get-rich-quick scheme or a scam or something. You know, it happens, right? So, so start out small. Uh, be comfortable with the investing process. Understand what you're getting into. So, so get, getting into that, uh, uh, getting ha- having that knowledge, having that additional uh, education, is very important. You know, until you're comfortable doing that, uh, don't make any uh, major decisions with regards to money. The, I understand there is an anxiety there. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can simp- uh, I empathize with that. I've gone through it as well. But once you start doing it in, in a small amount, then you become more comfortable and then, then you can you know, continue making more and more investments to the point of, yeah, you're comfortable making uh, these investment decisions. Yeah. Lukman has a strategy um, and says, one way to discourage overspending is to think of the price in terms of the hours you've worked. If your salary is 10 ringgit an hour, a cup of coffee can be one hour of working. Is it worth it? I, I think it's worth it. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, you do the same thing when you're trying to losing weight, right? <laughs> oh, calorie <laughs> so, counting. Yeah, you yeah. do calorie counting and then you go and see, okay, this slice of pizza will cost me about one hour of running around the track. <laughs> Is it worth it or not? Maybe not. <laughs> So I think very similar. Maybe you can think of it that way. I think that's a very good uh, suggestion. Linia says, I wish I could stop being lazy and learn a bit about investing my savings. Investment terms like market cap, PE ratio, unit trust, mutual funds are meaningless to the average Joe. I guess it feels like the financial industry lacks inclusivity, much like the legal field. It has its own definitions, jargon, mechanism that is not so common sense. Um, that's very true. And, and perhaps this is why... Uh, a lot of people are actually reaching out to, to to professionals like myself, right? Because they want to demystify a lot of these issues, you know, these um, products, uh, 
there's so many out there. <laughs> there's so many different type of products. There's uh, WhatsApp messages flying by. There's Facebook messages. There's YouTube videos. There's TikTok videos. There's Instagram. So all this information is just flying by to you, and you just overwhelmed with this all this kind of different emotions. So how do you sort this out? Because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that whatever that you're putting in money in is cons- is basically uh, helping you towards achieving your finan- financial future, right? So. I mean, I, there's no way for me to advise somebody without understanding their personal financial situation, right? Is stocks good for you? Is unit trust good for you? Is a robo-advisor good for you? Is crypto good for you, you know? So so it's important to uh, go through this process of trying to identify what kind of financial goals that you want to achieve for yourselves, whether it's long-term, whether it's short-term, and then trying to assign maybe, uh, see what kind of investment uh, instruments that might match towards that particular financial goal. Um, I I just described a very simple way of m- making a financial plan. But to be honest, uh, it does. Uh, you do need to get a little bit involved in in this. So I I I fully understand that situation, um, and um, don't make. Any rash decisions is, I think, the first thing that I would tell somebody. And um, make sure that you really understand what you're getting into. Don't please, please don't get trapped into like these scams. Um, uh, how to say these emails that is trying to uh, ask you to invest money and all this. Uh, make sure that you understand what you're getting into. I think that's the first thing uh, I would I would advise. Inham, we have just about a minute left. What message would you like to leave us with? Um, be aware of, where, of what kind of uh, money personality that you have. Um, understand that you can do or you can take action in terms of uh, 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 put, uh, making yourself to become a money master, right? And, and uh, don't be scared. <laughs> don't be anxious. Don't be afraid of making these kind of decisions. Uh, sometimes you do need sort of uh, have to go through this process of um, learning. Yeah, the, uh, when I say learning, my the I think the subtext is losing money. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I think it does help you to sort of be more comfortable in, in managing money. Is just a tool. You must be smart in terms of how to manage it. Uh, that's all. Inam, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you. That was Idam Idris, Director at Co- uh, Director of Corporate Treasury Investment Services for Wealth Vantage Advisory. You've been listening to Episode 2 of Fix Your Finances. Just a quick mention again that if you want to find out your money personality, at BFM Radio on Instagram, we have got a quiz up and running. We will also have a personal finance workshop happening on September 9th. More details on that soon. You've been listening to... Fix Your Finances on Inside Story, BFM 89.9. You've been listening to Fix Your Finances, brought to you by AIA, supporting you in cultivating healthier financial habits. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.